I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. Claire Aether, owner of Petsitting MKE, was at a crossroads to decide whether to go back to the corporate world or do her own thing. With a supportive grandmother and a passion for pets, she's made her way ever since. She joins the show today to talk about how she makes tough decisions, how she's managed to hire and expand her business even through a pandemic, and how she stays on mission with her business. Let's get started. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Colin. Um, I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> um, I am. Well, my name is Claire Aether. I am 23 years old and the CEO and founder of Pet Sitting Milwaukee or Pet Sitting MKE. Um, I started this endeavor or this journey when I uh, went off to college and my parents just as I left, got two cockapoo puppies. And I had been asking my entire life for a dog and had a lot of FOMO. So uh, (laughs) I decided it would be great to uh, get my own uh, furry friend fix, I guess, and um, decided to pursue uh, dog walking as a part-time gig. It allowed me a lot of flexibility between my crazy college schedule and um, started to slowly build my clientele base and have grown from there. So how had you heard of, of pet sitting before that? How did you discover that that was something that you could do while you were at college? Sure. Um, so actually, I started on Rover. Um, I had a roommate that signed up and I had not known if, um, I actually hadn't known of, uh, the service that she was providing until she knocked on my door one day and said, Hey, we're going to have a dog sleepover. Is that all right with you? And I was like, absolutely. That's all right with me. (laughs) And so after a little bit of scheming, we thought that, uh, if we both signed up, we might be able to double our odds of getting overnight bookings or walk requests. So, um, we started doing them together. Um, it wasn't about the financial aspect of things. It was just nice to be able to get outside and hang out with a dog because we never saw any pets on our college campus ever. And you don't realize how weird that is until you're like a year in and you haven't seen an animal or a small child in forever. So (laughs) it's kind of like a weird microcosm, I guess. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's how I started. And then uh, decided uh, after a couple years that um, once I graduated, I pursued a position that was um, completely out of the pet care realm. It was on focus with what I had been studying. Um, And I kind of applied for the position on a whim and uh, did not anticipate a response, um, let alone a job offer. And then kind of had to pump the brakes a little bit and reassess if that was a position that I wanted to take. So um, I, I realized I wasn't in a position to take the offer at the time. I thanked them for the opportunity. And while I was, you know, trying to think like, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back to school? I have no idea. Uh, My grandma actually was like, why don't you continue with that dog thing you're doing? And I was like, you know, I, I probably could do that. So, uh, I got off of Rover and started my own business and it's grown immensely in the last few years. Go grandma. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have people that are so supportive of you and your life like that and to kind of see and help us put together some of the pieces of the puzzle in our own lives where sometimes we don't even know what's going on. And so to have those outside influences, that makes such a huge, huge difference. Absolutely. And I think uh, the role that I was uh, pursuing or the career that I had thought that I wanted um, was very different, Um, like complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So I, I felt some sense of insecurity having studied and gone to school and then not deciding to pursue that, but to have my parents and my grandparents support and nudge to say, why are you, why are you not listening to yourself? You love this. Go do this. I'm so fortunate to have them give me that little push that I guess I needed. And I didn't even know. (laughs) Well, you know, you said that word there, insecurity. I think that is really rampant through the pet sitting industry because there's a little bit of this 
um, I'm going to be found out that I'm a fraud or um, I didn't go to school for this or I don't have this background. Someone's, what do I do? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing or, or who, I, who I'm supposed to be? And it really does take these internal motivating factors and these external motivating factors, aka cheering grandmas and parents, to help, <laughs> to, to help us see some of that and see some of that potential in our own lives. And so that's really great that you, that, that you had that and you've been able to have that sustain you through uh, you know, your, your growth and, and your business so far. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so fortunate. And yeah, I would not be here without them. <laughs> <laughs> so you decide you're going to go full time and you're going to make this, make this your thing. How did you know how to set up your business or what services you wanted to offer? Sure. So um, I, having started on that third party app was, uh, I guess I had sort of a structure in mind of the services that I wanted to provide. I knew a basic walk, a check-in, and that was kind of the extent of it. At that point, I was only doing uh, what would be 30-minute services. Um, And then occasionally, the walking clients would ask me if I could have their dog overnight once in a blue moon. Um, So that's how things, I guess, started. And I was able to use that framework to know um, how I wanted to start pursuing this. But in terms of actually... um, like creating my business. Um, I have no background in this. Um, business was not what I studied in school. And I was very fortunate to have uh, parents and other family members that um, are entrepreneurs themselves. So um, with their guidance and having joined a couple um, women's entrepreneurial groups in Milwaukee and uh, researching um, different I guess, uh, businesses through, uh, or business models through networking with other pet care businesses around the world, I was able to gain some insight and some help. And I would not have been able to do it without, you know, the guidance of, of others that were much more experienced in the starting a business realm than I was. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, that's totally not uncommon. I mean, that's Megan and I have, have no background in business and, and it took us getting some research and some getting tips from other people to kind of, again, this pouring into our lives to help set us out on that right foot that could really, you know, that we could now, okay, this is what you've done. Um, how do I now in, make this my own and make it work for me and how I want to, to run and operate my business? So while you were going through that process of, of learning and, and combining all this information, how, how did you start to kind of find your way through that information and make it your own? Sure. Well, I guess I'll say, Colin, I, I'm still doing that. And that's the beauty of business is um, that the world is your oyster. I've, I've really uh, been in a position because I came straight out of school where my entire life I'd been climbing a ladder where I knew what the next step was, what the next goal was, what the next thing I needed to achieve. And having now a business of my own, there was no next step. I was my own director. And so that was terrifying, but um, a lot of fun at the same time because I was able to uh, take on bits and pieces of information from uh, different people or different advisors um, and add them together and then make adjustments where needed. So I'm still learning. I just found out that uh, the place that I do my bookkeeping is also offers payroll and I've been doing my payroll elsewhere. I learned this last week and I've been doing this for a couple of years now. So you know, I'm still figuring it out every single day. You learn something new and then you make an adjustment or um, you find out that this service isn't selling. And why is that? And then you address that issue. Uh, how, how can I sell this service in a different way? Or how can I uh, tweak this service or maybe scrap the service completely. Um, the the beauty of it was I started or I licensed my business two weeks before the state shut down for the pandemic. So oh. not the most ideal time, um, <laughs> but it gave me a lot of time to sit down and think about things and create a, a well-crafted plan. I don't, I don't want to say business plan in terms of like, I, I didn't have any uh, structured financial goals, or I, I didn't really know what I was doing, but to be able to really uh, write some standard operating procedures and things like that, it, it allowed me to uh, do that up front and then kind of grow from there. Well, yeah, because you have this time. Well, you, many people aren't 
kind of it's it's this double edged sword, right? Of like now all of a sudden you have this time to do all this planning and investment into your business that if you were up and running and crazy busy, you wouldn't be able to lay that foundation. On the other hand, you just licensed your business and then everything shuts down. So what <laughs> what was going through your mind when you were off on this journey? This is your thing. And then nothing. Sure. Well, I was fortunate to have some clients um, at that time when I when I had just started that um, moved away from those apps and continued working with me because they really liked me and they were very supportive and, and wanted to help me in whatever way that they could. Um, I, I, one beauty of the business that or one uh, one benefit to having started a pet care business was I didn't have a ton of overhead. I mean, essentially, I needed feet and that was it. I, I could start wherever, you know? Yeah. Um, so I wasn't necessarily paying for, um, you know, electric or I wasn't paying for, a, you know, rent on a big uh, facility or things like that. Yeah. Um, so I was fortunate in that way. Um, but I think scary nonetheless to not know what to be able to predict, um, especially not knowing if, you know, I, there was a time when we didn't know if dogs could get COVID. So navigating was really weird, but with the support and transparent communications with my clients, we were able to work things out where even, you know, a month in restaurants weren't necessarily open, but, um, if people didn't feel comfortable with me coming into their home and they were home, I could, pick up the dog from the backyard and sanitize a leash and, or bring my own or things like that. So we, I, I was very fortunate to have, um, people that wanted to support me and, uh, kind of craft different scenarios in which we could continue to, uh, do business safely and still make things function, not knowing what, you know, what the severity of the virus was or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, those kind of skills of taking a situation and going, well, I don't like this. Um, what can I do with it, right? How do I still operate and still provide service that my clients are asking for in a new and different way? And, you know, not being set in our ways of prior and kind of like, this is just how we, this is just how we do this. This is what we do. This is what Pet Sitting MKE is all about. And that kind of sets that foundation for how you move forward and how you adapt and change to, to new things that come up. Absolutely. And again, I was fortunate to kind of have started in this time because I didn't have a, a, a super set structure in the way that I was operating things where I needed to make a, a great pivot. I was just starting. So I was just at the budding, you know, I need to, uh, I, there's a problem at hand and I need to solve it. And how am I going to do so? Makes it a lot easier when your slate is clean versus I've been operating in, in one way. And now I need to completely change that. I can only imagine that that would have been a much greater task. It, it really is it really, especially for, for, for pet sitters or for businesses who didn't want to make that change. They felt kind of begrudgingly of like, oh, I guess I'll have to do this. Um, coming in it with fresh eyes and, and kind of maintaining that too. Like that's, that's kind of the new challenge now of like, okay, how do I always have this freshness of, of viewing my business and viewing the problems around me? And we do that for a, a lot of different ways of, of doing business reviews, of, of asking questions of our clients. That's one of the, ugh, I hate asking my clients how they're feeling or like, do you, are you still happy with what things are going on? And it's like, and being okay to receive that feedback of, of what's going on and, and, and how to adapt and change. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Claire from Acton Critters Editors has this to say. Time to Pet has honestly revolutionized how we do business. My sitters can work much more independently because they have ongoing access to customer and pet information without relying on me. I save hours upon hours of administrative time on billing, processing payments, and generating paychecks. If you are looking for new pet sitting software in the new year, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confession. How do you stay on top of the industry? Because it's changed so much in just the time that you've been involved with it. Sure. So I'm constantly taking information, of, you know, from wherever I can. So listening to your podcast, there's a couple other um, pet training or uh, pet care or just pet story, I guess, podcasts that I listen to that I really enjoy. So I'm always taking in information. Um, but 
my, uh, I, I think what's most important is your willingness to adapt or to make those changes. A lot of times I'm, um, I feel like you can get very stuck in one position if you, uh, decide not to embrace the uncomfortableness of, of life and, and ever changing things. So if you can just accept that, you know what, a lot of the, a lot of life is going to be beyond my control and I can only control what is directly in front of me and what is my doing, I guess it, it makes things a lot easier to take, to not take things so seriously. There is a certain levity to the service that we are providing. Right. Mm -hmm. It is. That's why a lot of people come to this industry from other industries. You know, we get there are a lot of vet techs that come here because they realize, you know, that's a heavy industry that weighs on people that is very that drags them down and, and chews people up. Pet sitting, dog walking, we, we get to see dogs on, on good days, on happy days. We have our bad days, right? We do. But we are providing a service that people joyfully reach out for. And they joyfully and willingly seek us out for. That's a very different relationship that we have with both the pet parent, but also with the dog or the, the, the I almost said the carrot, I meant the parrot <laughs> or you know, whatever animal that we're dealing with. You know, that's a very different interaction that we have that, that does, you know, again, this levity, this, this joy that we get to have and carry with us while we're doing these things. Absolutely. And my uh, partner and I, we always joke that... Um, we we get to be the fun aunt and uncle. We get to, you know, people send their, their our clients send their pets to us or um, we go and pick up their, their pets for different excursions or walks or outings. And we get to uh, fulfill a need, uh, which is, you know, letting them go potty and socializing with them. Um, but we also get to provide the fun. And then at the end of the day, we get to, you know, give them a good old belly rub and a kiss goodbye. And they're going to be excited every single time that they see us. So makes it a lot, uh, a lot easier, even on the toughest days to go into a home and, and see just a smiling face at you. Yeah. I, I, you said that phrase, we get to do this. This is a choice that we have decided that this is something that we view and we deem as valuable and necessary. And a, again, this joy, we get to do this thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a big honor to be able to provide the service, to give this peace of mind to people who are desperately seeking for it. And I think constantly being in that mindset, because it does, I mean, you go you know, day after day, year after year, kind of a drudgery and you can get kind of you know, frustrated about little things that come up and annoyed at everything that's going on. And I think every now and then taking a step back and going, man, is this how I felt when I first started? You know, how did I used to, how did, how, how did I used to approach my, my day when I woke, when I wake up? And sometimes that can communicate that it's time to make a change. Um, and it's a reminder to us too of, Hey, how do I get back to that? How do I find that joy in the work that I was doing? Um, Cause that happens to everybody. Um, and it's, it's, a, that's, that's a process. Absolutely. And, and we just went through a big transition as well, where uh, we made the difficult decision to uh, stop hosting dogs overnight in our home uh, for similar reasons. So um, that was a decision that uh, obviously was not an easy one to make. We were, it was a service that uh, there was a great demand for, and we were very fortunate to be booming in, but it wasn't necessarily aligning with my original goals for the business. And at the end of the day, I was exhausted and I couldn't take care of myself. And if I wasn't taking the best care of myself, I wasn't able to show up as the best version of myself for those pets or for those clients. And when I would come home and start to be just tired thinking about, oh, I have to wake up at this time tomorrow, it started to click. Like, when did, when did this lose its allure? And, and that's when I realized if, if I am stressed enough where anybody else can even get a glimpse of that, that's not who I want to be when I show up. So I needed to make a change. And, um, and unfortunately, that was discontinuing overnight services. But since we've done so, I've been able to sleep. I've been able to uh, make more time for myself. My boyfriend and I hadn't had a weekend off since, oh gosh, it was like we had a nine-month stretch of like not a single weekend off. So it was nice to be able to do things together. And by taking care of ourselves, again, we were able to take better care of others. 
Yeah, no, that is so huge to be reminded of that. And and you said it didn't align with the the goals that you had for the business. What what were those, uh, and kind of what where you saw the the the, the business going? Sure. So originally, when we started. Um, Walking was my, that was what I really loved. I had never even found like a workout routine or anything that I ever liked. But one day I just started walking. And then before I knew it, I was walking 10 to 15 miles a day. And I realized, holy cow, like this is something that I enjoy for numerous reasons. Um, but I just, I wanted to get back to, uh, why did I enjoy this and how can I continue to, uh, sustain that and, and asking myself, what were those, um, what were the like most exciting parts of my day? Um, and that was always going to and from different clients, homes, introducing different clients. I didn't necessarily like, um, staying in my own home for the day and, and taking care here. It was just a completely different uh, operation altogether. And so when I realized that um, there was, again, a great demand for the service, but it didn't necessarily align with my personal goals, but also our goals to grow the business outside of Milwaukee um, eventually, it, it wasn't necessarily... The, the two were kind of coming and butting heads just on, on, in the way that we operate. Um, we would have to, um, you know, like either bring overnight dogs with us on walks, which can be difficult if there's inclement weather, just constant adjustments that, um, we wanted to get back to, I guess the basics and, um, you know, reevaluate what did we want to get out of the business and what do our clients need from us and how can we meet halfway? How can we really continue to fulfill their needs while also fulfilling our own? Yeah, absolutely. Knowing that you have agency and control over this business, it's your business, right? Like if you don't want to do this, you don't have to. And I think that kind of gets back to this a little bit of, you mentioned earlier of like, you had this, you were always climbing this ladder. So you knew what the next rung was. And at times we can feel like we know exactly what the next rung is because it's just this logical conclusion of this thing came before. Now I got to go to this, but stepping back again and going, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. And I'm sure that still wasn't easy. Because that's saying no to some clients, you know, they might not want the drop-ins, they might not want the walks, you're not able to convert all of them over to your other services. So you're saying no to money and you're saying no to all these other things, but you're trying to, again, like you said, pull this back and go, I want this, I want this more simple. I want this, I want some of these things to be more straightforward for us so that we can have a life. And so that we can still be providing this awesome service, which, you know, it's something that we do a lot of educating on for our clients is they always want boarding. They always want daycare. They always want these things. And trying to educate people on the vast majority of dogs actually don't need those at all. They're not bad, right? They're, they're totally a needed service for many, but most people's dogs don't need them. And that's hard for clients to start to understand and accept uh, and, and trying to get them around their, to wrap their brains around the, the benefits of doing in ho- in their home care versus taking their dog somewhere else. So there's there's a lot that goes into that decision. Absolutely. And I think the Milwaukee dog community is also uh different in that we uh there are other businesses in the area that are uh really great and we are just so supportive of one another. So there's always going to be a service that I'm not going to provide. I'm I would rather provide a uh, list of, let's say, 10 services and knock them out of the park every single time, then give you a whole Bible full of, you know, page after page after page of we can do any of this and then provide those services, you know, in a mediocre fashion. Um, I, I think that was really uh, crucial to also figure out that we, you don't have to do everything. You can really specialize in one area and there's not always, you know, not every client is going to be the perfect fit for you. Um, and, and you're not going to be the perfect fit for every client and accepting that and being able to say, Hey, I don't unfortunately offer the service that you're seeking, uh, but we offer some other great services. Um, and here, you know, I can tell you why this might be a benefit to you. And at the end of the day, if they don't want to do business with us, if they're really, really set on daycare, let's say, I'm fortunate to know other people in the industry and say, Hey, you know, these are also great people in the area. If you're seeking help, I would definitely recommend checking out these other businesses and services. 
And that is a hard, that is a constant tug of war on us as business owners of always trying to figure out where we fit in our clients' needs of going, okay, who, who am I for? And that's a question that Megan and I ask ourselves probably 10 times a day. Um, who, who are we for? What do we actually want? And then stepping back and going, okay, my decisions that I'm making, is that getting, are, the, is the, are those decisions getting me closer to or further away from both my clients that I want and the business that I want to be running? And constantly reevaluating that and always questioning, is this what we actually want? And not being okay. You know, sometimes you can make a forward decision, you can make a backward decision, then you can make a, a lateral decision and not being satisfied with a lateral decision. Knowing, no, we've got to be moving forward towards this goal and, and keeping all that in focus at all times. Absolutely. Absolutely, Colin. Yeah. Now, so on your on your services, um, I, I noticed that you don't necessarily designate a, a time frame for e- for the services that you provide, and I was very curious about how you make that work with scheduling and with with your team and and, and all of that. Absolutely. So we actually just made this transition. So it's relatively new to us. Um, we went from operating a standard, you know, you have your 15, your 30, your 60 minute options. They're put a lot more eloquently on our website, but essentially those were the timeframes. Um, we decided that, you know, a lot of dogs are, they have similar days to humans. So um, the best example is, you know, have you ever had a really great weekend and you're on this, you're on a running kick and, and you wake up on Monday morning and you're just, I don't know, not feeling it today. Maybe, maybe we're not (laughs) going to get that run in today, or maybe we will, but we're going to sleep an extra 10 minutes. And I just, we're going to get to the last half of the run. Mm -hmm. We have those days or those days that you got an extra two hours of sleep and you have great energy and and you're ready and you want to go an extra block and a half, you know, dogs have those days too. And and we started realizing that very quickly when, um, uh, especially in times of like inclement weather, that's another example. Um, what do you do in the case that a dog is miserable out in the cold? We were just chatting, you know, briefly about the weather right now. It's pretty brutal. What does that look like when you're, uh, when the dog is, is very cold and visibly uncomfortable, but you want to, uh, fulfill the service to a designated amount of time is very difficult. So we've, uh, started to customize our experience more so that we can connect with the pet's preferences, um, through their, through attention to detail and through love so that we can fulfill their needs in however long it takes. Um, in terms of structure, we have, we still have three, I guess, sizes of services. So um, it's a a speedy, essentially, a a standard, and then a premium. So they kind of align with those uh, small, medium, large, that 15, 30, 60. Um, But it gives us more wiggle room. So um, we're able to say, you know what? There's no cap on this service. If I have the time, if I'm having a great walk with Fluffy, the weather's great. Fluffy is just loving this walk today. This is my last one. And then I don't have anything to do for the afternoon. You could book a 30-minute service or, or what is a standard service. And then you can receive, you know, an hour and a half long walk. Um, I think a lot of people are concerned about making this change uh, in their business because they think that um, the client's going to perceive it as uh, cutting down on time or, or charging a certain amount in, in a weird exchange for for time, but they're not paying for time. They're paying for the quality of care that you're providing, and I think that was super, um, I guess, important to realize. And at the end of the day, my team is great. I employ a lot of different pet lovers that they're going to want to end up spending a greater amount of time than the booking even, you know, is designated. So um, we're still working through a couple kinks of, uh, in terms of our end of scheduling and making sure that we're able to get into the, uh, to the right people and the right time block and everything like that. But at the end of the day, it's actually provided us a a greater amount of flexibility to work with uh, different clients in different areas of town and uh, transportation from one place to another. And, so on. Yeah. I absolutely love how you framed this transition. The clients aren't paying for time, they're paying for the quality of care. 
And I think that too often we do focus on those little time blocks. And, and obviously having some constraint is important if you have a busy day, right? And, and knowing, okay, well, I've got to get these together. Um, but also knowing that uh, I, I need to be okay with this taking longer if it needs to. Because I have been in those situations where I'm, I, I check in, I pay, you know, charge a client, I'm going in, and I've, I'm ticking down the seconds, and I'm, I'm rushing, 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 rushing. That's not a good mindset for us to be in, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's really unhealthy, and we're focused more on the, the on the clock than we are on the pets in front of us. And so to step back and realize and go, okay, I, I need this time to, I think a good word maybe, I need to luxuriate in this time that I have, and make the most of it. And if it goes 40 minutes, that's fine. If it, you know, and, and, and not be so watching the clock when we're, when we're in the house. Absolutely. That, yeah, perfectly said. That was a <laughs> very concise. That was perfect. That was great, Colin. Okay. <laughs> well, I just, I think it's a good reminder. Again, we get to do this. There is a need and the clients are paying for the quality care and to keep these top of mind when we're going through our days so that we have that right mindset. So we're not feeling rushed and we're hurried because that, a lot of mistakes can happen whenever you're in that mindset and you can ignore things or miss things that you, that you should be paying attention to. Yes. And I cannot tell you the amount of times that I had done that in the prior way that we had been operating. And then you're three walks later and you're like, wait a minute, did I lock Fluffy's door? Didn't I lock, Fl-? you know, you're so flustered or you're so, you're so, uh, uh, zeroed in on, yeah, like you said, the time that you're taking away from the actual intimate relationship that you're building with these pets and, and your clients too. I know you have a, a, an awesome team around you. Tell us about the people that you have working for you and, and kind of your, your background in, in building and developing them. Sure. So uh, funny enough, um, a vast majority of my team, uh, we're actually relatively tight-knit. So when I started, um, I had uh, been, like I said, on that third-party app. And on any days that, like, let's say I had an exam or something, um, if I was unavailable, my younger sister and I went to the same college. So I was able to say, hey, Fluffy knows my sister. If you are desperate for help on this day, or if you really, if you, it, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it, you know, two Tuesdays from now, but I would love to offer you my sister if you want her help. So we kind of started building that together. Um, my partner and I, we live together. We've been together for four years and, uh, he's a huge asset to my team because he's helped build things, um, at the, uh, internal aspect of things. Um, from there, my sister's uh, roommate in college just joined the team and we continued building. So my best friend since the age of three, she graduated school and she said, I don't know what I want to do. I want to like, let's hang out. And um, she came on a couple days where I was walking and uh, she met some dogs and she said, do you need help? Can I help you? And we've just kind of been, it, it really built organically. But now we're fortunate enough to be in a position where it's growing. And so we've had to continue to hire outside of my friends and family. And so we, um, I, I have some really great, um, I guess, uh, team members that were clients or are clients still, but have turned into team members as well because they, they see the passion and they love the business and they love the care that they're getting. And so to continue to get um, out there with their dogs, they love to walk on the side and um, hang out and do the same thing that, that we get to do because I hear so many times from clients that like, oh, you have the best job. I wish I could do this. I'm like, Hey, you can, you can, (laughs) we're hiring. (laughs) I know someone hiring. (laughs) That's really cool that you have that tight knit and you use the tight knit team and these people, people who've been working with and around for a really long time. Uh, you know, on the other hand, there are a lot of relationships here that are now kind of weird of boss, employee, staff, and, and otherwise. So how do you make that work and, and make sure that you have those those boundaries in place? Sure. So um, I think uh, setting the tone and the expectation is very important. So now I have a, a complete six-phase hiring process, probably more than most people, but um, I really want to make sure that even if, 
you are my best friend in the whole world. If you're serious about this position, I still want you to continue to go through those, uh, those phases. I want to make sure that you're still going to be the good fit. I'm not out here just hiring willy nilly, you know, whoever. I want to make sure that it's going to be equally beneficial to me and to you. Um, same, I want to be able to set the structure and the tone and having open and clear conversations about things. Um, we are friends, we are, you know, best friends or we're sisters and we're always going to be sisters, but we need to understand and respect each other's boundaries. Um, having a, a clear, um, I guess, uh, structure and set of expectations of your team is very important. And, um, it, it's been working very great so far. I think in all honesty, just the communication has been, uh, the biggest, uh, asset in it all is just being able to talk things through. And, um, if there is a misunderstanding, not jumping to conclusions or not being, uh, you know, taking your, um, interpersonal relationships to into the business, but making sure that there's a clear distinction between your business, your relationship within the business and your relationship outside of the business. Yeah. And like you said, that starts from day zero. That starts at the very beginning of setting those foundations, setting those boundaries, because if you don't, sometimes they're really hard to put back in place or to try and build them up in the middle of the the mess and middle of the, the busy schedules and stuff that are going on. It's kind of hard to put those back in or install them in the first place. So, you know, having that I like you know hearing that you know when you bring on a, a friend or something, it's like, well, here's my process. And as you said, like if if this is serious, if you're serious about this, this is what it takes, right? And mm-hmm. and getting back to that discussion about you know there's a levity to what we do, but we take it very seriously. And I find mm-hmm. that that is sometimes hard for people to understand. And when we went through the hiring process, the, the job it sounds great. Every, what we do is amazing and wonderful, and we are extremely blessed to be able to get to do it. But it is. It's death. We take it deathly seriously. It is. It is. So, I mean, this is what we eat, sleep, and breathe, and we're constantly doing these things to be better. And if if that's something that somebody doesn't understand and they think it's just all puppy cuddles and rainbows and butterflies, it's like ah, we gotta we gotta talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> so, I hate so, to break it to you. It, no, you're right. You're right. But but knowing okay, this this there are a lot of positive things about this, and we need serious people who are seriously passionate about this. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, I mean, this is your, your business, your baby. This is my baby. I've created this from day one. And I, yeah, I've, I've put everything that is my being into this for the last few years. And, um, it's, it feels like a part of me. So making sure that you, you, uh, uh, express that to your team clearly, you know, and setting those boundaries is, is so important. So after you've brought them on, uh, what's your what's your training process in kind of onboarding with them into what Pet Sitting MKE does? Sure. So we have um, an orientation process um, in which uh, we have our uh, new hires do an online virtual. Um, it's a pet care training that's two hours as well as two hours of uh pet first aid and CPR training. Um, From there, once they've completed that and they send me their certificates, we move into going through the policy handbook and the employee training manual. And that's where um, having those, um, that time really in the beginning to kind of set the expectation and write all of that out was very essential. We're we're continuing to add to it. So I'm now working on uh, creating videos for my team to use as a resource as a Vast majority of our clients don't use gentle leaders, but every once in a while there is one. So how how did how do you put that on? What does that look like? Um, but also uh, having our uh, new hires uh, do in person shadowing. So um, we have uh, four days that we designate to different things. We have a checklist: um, one to safety and security, one to general uh, uh, pet sitting. So more oriented to uh, cats and those small animal care. Um, one that is specific to just dog walking and, uh, what the transaction looks like. And then one where we go through the software itself that we use. So, um, after that, we like to have a conversation with our, our team and say, uh, 
do you feel comfortable? How confident do you feel? Have them kind of uh, ask any questions that they need to. And then if they need more assistance or they feel like they need uh, more shadowing or more training, being able to um, have them tag along and shadow a, a team member is um, super beneficial. Uh, I feel like there are so many different ways that people learn that, um, you know, some people don't learn through virtual training. Some people don't learn through, uh, watching a video. They have to be there. Some people can't just see it. They need to hear it. Some people need to read it and see it written out. So being able to supplement all of those different learning styles has been incredibly beneficial. That, that was a learning curve in itself and realizing not everybody's going to learn the same way that I do. So how can I make sure that my team is a hundred percent confident in their roles before sending them on their way? And, and that's been beneficial to me too, because at the end of the day, I receive a lot less phone calls about how do I put this harness on or how I, what do I do with this key or what? Mm. things like that, that can be easily avoided um, upfront and just making sure that you are like covering all of your bases has, has worked out really well. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, you mentioned about how, what you're creating these videos because things like not everybody uses gentle leaders, but every now and then one shows up and it's like, which way goes what and what the other way around. And I, I was thinking uh, one of the things that came up was um, I had one of our team members shadowing us on some visits. I mean, I went up to the door lock and it was a code and I entered the code, went in and Thankfully, he was um, gracious enough to say, hey, I've never seen a door like that. Can you show me how to work that? And all of a sudden, that just stripped me way back. And I was like, oh, uh, I need to think through this a little bit more in depth about I've been in literally thousands of houses by this point. There's not really a door lock or an entryway or a door jam that surprises me these days. But somebody who's new to this has no clue. <laughs> so Absolutely. So, so even some of these really minutiae uh, details we get to think through and it's benefited us a lot about what our pro you know how we approach certain problems and how we start problem solving and um uh, thinking through our own experiences i know that's it's been a great benefit to, to megan and i oh oh for sure i think yeah you you lose sight sometimes of those little things that um maybe you didn't necessarily know would be a question but uh definitely working in the city there are an immense amount of different fobs and gadgets yeah. and tech we've got qr codes that we scan to get into some buildings like new yeah. things are constantly coming out with these uh i don't know entryway uh routines and things like that so um yeah definitely agree <laughs> and one of the services you offer are um urban exploration hikes and these fascinate me, uh, and I, I wanted you to tell me about how they work, and and you know some of the how you know dog is going to be a good fit, and kind of the area that you use too. Sure. So um, the service itself is uh, sort of like a, a nature walk, I guess. Uh, we live in the city, so a lot of our clients are right here and concrete jungle and uh they don't often get the uh the space to roam or to sniff around without it being like a trash can or i don't know stuff on the street so providing them with a space that they can do so um is very enriching uh for both the dog but also for whomever is building the relationship with the dog um so we uh transport the pet from uh or the dog uh from uh their home to a, a nature reserve or a park or a trail near nearby that we know is going to be safe and that is uh not heavily trafficked um we don't want you know a trail where there's bikes and people running through and things like that we want to be able to provide um the dogs with uh, a good amount of space so that we can use a long lead and give them the room to to sniff around and explore. Um, it's essentially a a decompression walk where um, whether your dog has a lot of energy or anxiety or isn't really too fond of of you yet, maybe they're just more shy and reserved, and you need to build that trust. Um, Decompression walks, or uh, in our case, like urban exploration hikes, are incredibly beneficial. Um, they uh, it allows the dogs to sniff around, um, do their instinctual um, 
uh, or follow their instincts. Um, and then also to be provided with not only the physical stimulation of the walk, but the mental stimulation. So, um, dogs end up going home tired. Um, they are, uh, less stressed because, um, it's been proven that if they are sniffing around and you're giving them the time to sniff and identify a scent that their heart rate actually decreases. Um, and it allows you a lot more space than a standard five foot leash might, um, with a dog that is uncomfortable. So we see a lot more, um, overly excited or overly anxious dogs, but this service has been appealing to a lot of various different clients, just wanting, you know, their dog might not be overly anxious or overly excited, but they want their dog to get out and enjoy some different scenery or different space. So um, it's not that it's uh, geared towards one type of dog. It can be beneficial to all of them, but um, is incredibly beneficial to um, our more anxious pups or, or very energetic puppies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, for clients who maybe book the, the standard walks or whatever, it may be kind of a nice every now and then to throw in there into the mix, give them some variety and, and keep them, you know, interested and in, in things like that. Or if things change in their life and they do need a bit more time and attention, I'm sure that that's a great thing for them to have access to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been a, a huge hit so far. So that, so that's a newer service for you then. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, uh, we added that actually, um, we had a client that was an overnight guest last year and we just kind of, uh, to build trust with them, I wanted to, uh, have them be a little less stressed out and they were stressed in our home. So we added that and, uh, they ended up seeking that later on outside of our overnight. So, um, when I said, Hey, we, we changed the space up, we changed our routine and, and we found it beneficial. They came back and said, would you do just that without the overnight? Um, and so we decided to add that service in and it's been relatively new within the last few months, but uh, people have been really enjoying it. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, that, that gets back to listening to that need, seeing where to be flexible and taking some of those opportunities. Because again, it's it, it's not there's not a lot of overhead to offer a new service like that. And so the worst thing that can happen is you have it listed on your website and nothing ever takes place. Uh, Right, it's no real loss to you, but at least putting it out there and going, "Hey, where's the interest in this? What can happen with this?" And then just kind of see again this natural organic of kind of what takes place. Right? Yeah, a, a trial and error, essentially. You know, if, yeah. if the demand isn't there, the good news is you can always scrap it, and then if the demand is there later, you can always add it back again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can kind of you know adjust and play with your services as need be, especially if you're new or you're to a new market or you're trying to change clientele you can really take at this and see what kind of mixture you can get in there and not again not being afraid to do that well i've always walked or i've always done this or i've always done that like okay you don't have to you can change this you can see what it's not going to cost you anything to add this to your website and start putting it on social media you can just see where, where that interest is for sure now another big decision that uh I, I saw that you have made recently was that you've you've actually stopped accepting new clients and so yes. I, I want to know, how, you know, what kind of your thought process is with that and, and kind of your decision for that? Sure. So um, a, a few things. Um, first off, we are um, working to hire uh more team members before we take on any more clients. So we're at a, at a point right now where all of our team members are, um, they're pretty well booked. They have a, a good structured schedule. But uh, if we took on any more, we might have to, um, I I don't want the quality of care that we're providing to our clients that we already have to diminish. I want to be able to continue to provide for those that are already here and not necessarily continue, uh, you know, just putting my fishnet out there and grabbing whoever I can. Um, So making sure that the, the pets and the clients that I already have are, are happy and are receiving the services that they, um, that they need at this point is more important than just grabbing wherever I can or wherever we can. So um, we made that decision until uh, we find the perfect fit for our team that we're going to keep it where, where we're at because we don't want to over, um, overextend ourselves. Um, 
I also, uh, this is kind of fun, I guess, because I'm telling you and I haven't really told many people this. So this will be like news on the podcast. Um, but I have, uh, I've been fortunate enough to grow this team and I'm in a position where, um, I'm going to be hiking the Appalachian Trail this uh, this spring or this year. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Big news. Um, so I'm going to be leaving for a few months and just uh, to continue to focus on making sure that everybody that we have right now is, is happy and well cared for before I slip away for six months to go hike 2,000 miles. Um, wow. That was a huge, a, a huge... Uh, I guess, uh, impact in, in my decision to do so. So just making sure that everybody we have right now is comfortable and not only the service is fulfilled, but that they're actually like excited and continue to be energized about the services. Our friends at Pepper Neal's make it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches your client or employee. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They also have an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get-well wishes, and welcome new and rescued pets. Additionally, there are gift choices in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client, or celebrate pregnancy, engagement, or wedding of a pet lover. If you're interested, register for a free business account to unlock the all-inclusive discounted package prices. The service is leveraged on an as-need basis, so there are no monthly or annual obligation or minimum purchases. To learn more, go to petperennials.com slash pages slash GPS and use the referral code PSC at registration to get a unique coupon code to save $2 off any package that you send in your first 90 days. Yeah, well, and that's a really hard balance to have. First off, I, I'm not going to skip over the fact that you're hiking the Appalachian Trail. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that it is it is really hard to pump the brakes on something that is going really well. It is mm-hmm. really hard to say, ah, no more. Wait a minute. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This is getting a little. I need I need some time. Right. That process to be to be have the the mindset and to be aware enough to to try and push push pause is not easy because we always have this idea of I need more, I need more, where's the growth? How's it going to, you know, I, I don't want to miss out on something. What kind of cued you into that aspect of uh maybe we need to not overload our current team members? Um in all honesty, I think it was also uh personal stress and burnout. I think I was at a point where um I was overworking myself and we were realizing that if we had a team member that was gone for a week, uh essentially I was the one picking up all of, all of their walks in addition to whatever my workload was. And we just weren't in a, in a position to do so. So, um, again, back to, uh, taking care of myself so that I can continue to show up as my best self for my clients was super important to me. And, and I really, um, I really believed in that. So taking a step back and reevaluating, and I think, uh, I hope I'm allowed to name drop in here, but Natasha says, or she had mentioned on one of your most recent podcasts, the importance of recognizing that you can be growing or you can be content, but being content, I think it could be perceived as a bad thing, but at the end of the day, if you're happy with where you're at, more power to you. I mean, um, you don't constantly need to be grasping for straws and always overworking yourself because it's not sustainable. Um, and I was just at that point. Yeah. And, and enough so that you're going to go spend six grueling months hiking 2000 miles on the Appalachian <laughs> trail. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that may have played a part in there, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's really exciting that, that, that you see this opportunity now for you to be able to go and do that, that your business is such that you you can take that time away from you. So, uh, just why the Appalachian Trail and and where where when did that start for you? Sure. So, um, well, my dad is. This is one of his lifelong dreams to hike the Appalachian Trail, and um, he had been training for the last two years and has been getting ready. And um, he he was going to do it by himself. He was super. Uh, he wanted to, he had invited all of us and said, you know, you're welcome to join me, but it's not always easy to be like, I'm going to take six months off and I'm going to go disappear into nature for a little yeah. bit. So, um, 
I was like, love the idea. Not going to happen, dad. Thanks though. But I wanted to join him because I wanted to, uh, or, or at least join him for a portion. Um, and so I asked, you know, how, how is this, what is this going to look like if, if I come fly out and meet you and hike for a week or something? And we were talking about the logistics of it and it, it could work, but it would be pretty difficult because you don't, know where he's going to be at at what time or in what state. Um, so he said to me, uh, why don't you start the trail with me? Because it's going to be really hard for me to convince you to hike the entire thing. Or you can't hike. I can't convince you to hike the entire thing if you don't start it with me. And for whatever reason, that really resonated with me. And I was like, it, the the reality of there is a possibility this is my life i can make this decision really set in and it, it took a lot of soul searching i guess for lack of a better explanation but i i decided you know this is something i want to pursue this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to to do with my dad i'm also at an age where this is kind of sad but i think we all go through this you get you get older and you realize you're your parents aren't invincible and you want to be able to share, cherish all of those memories and moments together. So I haven't been training in the same way that he has, but I think my 10 to 15 miles a day is a good start to get me going, but who knows? I think so. (laughs) Maybe you need to take a dog along with you. So it's more natural for the way you've been doing it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. We'll just, someone gets like a exclusive service, just one. (laughs) Extreme hiking, uh, adventure hike. Hopefully not one of your parents' cockapoos. Uh, that might not be. <laughs> I don't think they'd make it that far. Love them to death, but I, yeah. I don't think they would They would do well on the trip. <laughs> your dad said, I can't convince you to hike the whole thing unless you start it with me. I think that is so true with many things in our life, you know, including your own business, right? I think if you would have talked to, you know, 20 year old yourself, you know, I you probably never envisioned where you are to th- this day. And w- you never would have been able to talk yourself into doing what you're doing right now until you started doing it at the, in the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> right. And that's, it, we, we, can't, so because so many, so much gets tied up in that where the experience we see, we are capable. We see it's something we enjoy and we see these memories that we can build with people while we're doing it. And all of that all of a sudden becomes really valuable. And we want to see that through. So whether it's hiking the Appalachian Trail, whether it's the, the business or new service that we start, sometimes exactly like your dad said, we just have to start it. And then that's what can help motivate us to see it to the end. So that's Absolutely. really exciting, Claire. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, big, big news that I have yet to announce. But now this will this will be the push to uh, to send out that email and to finally tell everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So with with all that you have going on and with um all that you've been through already um where do you where do you see the future of 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 pet sitting MKE and and kind of where 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 are you headed Sure um I'd love to continue to grow in uh the Milwaukee area but also the state of Wisconsin I never knew there would be a demand for my service outside of the city of Milwaukee but I have clients that um Last year, when we were offering overnight services, my hometown is about 700 people. It's very small. And the town that I grew up and went to school in is about 3,000. So it's still really small. But they don't have services like that out there. And there's still a need for it. It's just not a, a business that anybody has really pursued out there. So people would, uh, friends or family members, not only love to support me as an individual, but they would go out of their way to drive a couple hours to come drop their dogs off with me instead of with grandma or with whomever. So there's definitely a need. Uh, I've had people from, well, I could dr- name drop a bunch of small towns, but it probably wouldn't be any significant to the podcast. But um, continuing to grow, I'd love to continue to uh, build some some branches outside of Milwaukee. That is uh, a huge uh, thing that's on my radar. And then um, I'm also fascinated with, uh, I have a couple other, I guess, business ideas up my sleeve. Maybe I shouldn't divulge those and, yeah. until they're out and, and pursued, but. <laughs> that's interview too. We can hear more about those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As, as you've grown and as you continue to expand, what what helps you stay on mission 
sleep. <laughs> I think I really, I huge advocate of sleep. Um, yeah. No, I think I think just general uh, self care has been uh, huge. I'm, if you're mentally drained, you're you're already losing a battle. You're already stuck in one place that is whatever mental or physical rut that you're in. So being able to, uh, I guess, care for myself was um, super crucial. And unfortunately, I had to learn that through trial and error. But after having gone through that, I now know that this is essential, that I need to be setting time in my day to you know, meal plan or to take a break or if I need an app to do so or um, basic care, I guess. I think continuing to be consistent and to check in with uh, your goals and see if you're continuing to align with your goals, making sure that not only you and your clients are satisfied, but also your team is is happy in the position and the place that they're in. What I hear you saying is in order to stay on mission, you have to check the mission and you have to check back in with not just yourself, but with the clients and with your staff and with everybody in your life. Because if you're not doing that, you have no idea what's going on. It's, it's, just, it's just happening. Things are going on and you have no idea where you are on that roadmap. And the whole point of a mission is to, be a, is to have a roadmap for you. And if you're not asking those questions, if you're not being consistent in your communication, if you're not being consistent in your self-care and sticking to this quality of care that you have, you, you, you lose that. And so it's this, well, I just ask, right? It's, it sounds su- super simple uh, because it is, but it's also really hard to do <laughs> with everybody mm-hmm. that's involved. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's, it, it's not uncomfortable to get, or it, it is uncomfortable to get feedback oftentimes, but that's how you assess and uh, that's how you, that's how dis- decisions are made and, and that's how uh, changes come about. I think um, that's where there's room for growth in the business um, when you're able to take external, I don't know, advice or uh, a response um, and then reevaluate how does this, how do I apply this to my own business and what our goals for the business are so that we can continue to grow um, together, I guess, my clients, my team, and myself and our pups too of course yeah, of, course. <laughs> of course of course we can't forget we can't forget tim clear uh, this is I, I have i can't tell you how much i've enjoyed this I, I really have getting to hear your experience and your stories and uh all the exciting things that you have going on and this trip and just everything that you're working on i, I mean I, I really really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do that with us but i know there's you're doing a lot and there's you've, you've got a lot going on so how can people get in touch with you, um, see all that you're doing and, and start following along? Absolutely. So um, our website is uh, www.petsittingmke.com. Um, but we are very frequently on our uh, two main social media platforms, our Instagram and TikTok. Um, and those are at PetsittingMKE. Um, pretty easy, but uh, if you're not from... Uh, Milwaukee, sometimes people think it's pet sitting Mike. There's no I in there, but it's pretty close. So I'll, I, you, I can understand why you might think that. <laughs> okay, I'll raise my hand for that. I totally thought it was pet sitting Mike for about 30 seconds. Then I was like, wait, no, it's not. So <laughs> if you're not from Milwaukee, there's no reason why you would have any idea to know that. But I love it. I've, I've been asked a handful of times, so who's Mike? And I, it took me a while to really figure that one out. And I was like, are who is Mike? I don't know. You tell me. And then, all right, I got it now, but who cares? I love it. (laughs) That's fantastic. Oh, that's really good. (laughs) Again, I thank you. Thank you so much uh, for, for, for everything and for sharing. And um, definitely uh, would love to have you back on the show to give all of your updates, to tell us how the hike went uh, and all the exciting stuff that you have going on. That would be great, Colin. Thank you. Yeah, I've loved I've loved doing this. So um, definitely, we'll we'll stay in touch. I can't convince you to hike the whole thing unless you start it with me. Her dad has some pretty wise words, and I think it's especially applicable to being a business owner. Take a look at where you are right now in life. Take a look at your business, and ask yourself if you tried to convince you when you started to run the business that you're running and run the life that you're running right now. Would you do it? Would you start? And that's the thing. Many times we have no idea where we're actually headed. 
our life, our business, change and evolve over time. That's part of this. We adapt, we evolve, we change with the times and change with our whys and change with what's needed around us. And the journey that we are on right now, the journey that we will end is totally different than the journey we started on. But there's no way we could get to where we are now if we didn't start somewhere. Where did you start? Why did you start? And very importantly here again, what keeps you going right now? We'd love to learn about your journey and why you keep pushing forward. Send us an email, feedback at Petsir Confessional. We're everywhere on social media or give us a phone call. And we'd love to talk to you and interview you about the journey that you're on and why you started. Thank you so much for listening. We want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials, for making today's show possible. And thank you for the time and attention that you give every week. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. I'm <laughs> sorry.